You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 261. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the recommendation I have for anyone that's starting a new website or business and needs a place for their business to live on the internet. If you're going to get started and you do not want to spend thousands of dollars on a developer and on a designer and many, many hundreds of hours or dozens of hours going through the inevitable upkeep that comes with having a custom site. Squarespace does this just as well with beautiful templates that are easy to update for you. And if you later have a team like we do here at Team Lively, Squarespace sites are super easy for a team to update as well. Everyone knows what's going on. And if you have multiple sites or classes like we have in the past, it's really easy to get started because everyone knows the system that they're working with. So if you need to get started, my biggest recommendation is take excellent photos, find a template on Squarespace you like, and then get started. You can get a free trial by going over to squarespace.com lively. Use that free trial. And if you're ready to launch your site or actually move forward, use the offer code lively. That's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of the website or your domain. I hope you guys love it as much as we have here on Team Lively. Now let's move on. You guys, we have hit 9 million downloads. I don't think I've shared that before on the show, but that's a really exciting mile marker. Of course, I am really super duper excited for 10 million coming up soon. Thank you guys so much for sharing the show. I do very little, basically no promoting of the show at all. I just share it on my social channels. Even when guests come on the show, I barely even mention it to them or ask them to even share it on their site. So they only share when it feels aligned for them. So basically these 9 million downloads are all about you guys sharing it with people you think would benefit from it. So thank you so much for doing so. In terms of what I'm up to, I'm still here in Sydney buying all of the pink things. My alignment today was quite funny. I did not do reading for alignment, but what got me into mega alignment before doing this episode was discovering Madam Dry. That's Madam Dry on Instagram. She has, it's actually a brand, has rose crystal rose infused waters that are hydrating natural water drinks with rose crystal infusions and rose water. And I was like, are you kidding? Rose crystals and rose water in natural spring water? That's got my name all over it. And they also have amethyst and lavender waters. Then I got two dozen of that, three dozen of the rose crystal water. So I am a very excited girl that is going to be receiving a lot of crystal infused water in the coming weeks. I'm not sure when it's coming, but was super excited. And then I flowed into their other product, which was cha-cha tea. And they have this beautiful pink latte they make with beetroot powder. So then I got into that and that sent me swirling over to websites in Australia that sell dried rose petals so that I can put them in my drinks or on my food. So now I'm basically the owner of five dozen drinks with infused crystals and different essential oils and then with different infused crystals and different lavender and rose waters. And then I've got these rose petals coming and now looking into getting a frother so I can make a pink latte. So all of this got me so happy and so aligned. And I was like, guess what? It's time to do the show. Now I've got the alignment I need. In addition, Flow With Intention Online is opening soon. It is running in 
February, but our grand opening for the cart, so basically the registration, is opening soon. And this is our last live time running Flow with Intention online. I'm very excited about the Flow community and the hundreds of people that are in it. And I know that from doing Flow with Intention two or three times now live, the people in the class are excited like I am to move forward into advanced content, to start learning unconditional alignment. So though Flow is wonderful and you can have everything you want in your life using the principles of Flow with Intention, and many people who have taken the class have gotten lead roles in Broadway plays or changed their careers completely, found partners, saved their marriage, etc. All of those things have been happening, but as we are expanding beings, we also want to keep growing and keep doing things that expand our consciousness. And so my new class will be coming out this fall for alumni of Flow With Intention. So I'll be focusing on that advanced course in the future and Flow With Intention will be an evergreen class that people can take any time of the year they want. So if you want to join the last live round, stay tuned for details coming soon. And in honor of Flow With Intention opening as well, we're going to do our free alignment workshop live online next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard. So if you want to sign up for that, you can go over to JessLively.com slash alignment workshop. If you're not able to make Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard work for you, you can also still sign up. We will be giving out a replay within the few days of that. So if you're listening recent to this episode going live, feel free to join us. Now let's move on. Today's topic is LOA Q&A. Now this topic is so exciting to me because I think this is going to be a huge part of the next few months for The Lively Show. Within 24 hours last week, I had on this one day seen three different guests from The Lively Show talk on their social media channels about how they were getting into the law of attraction in a greater way than ever before. And I was realizing, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Though I have obviously talked about law of attraction, I mentioned Abraham Hicks pretty much every episode now, I don't actually always go into law of attraction. We've done many episodes on the subject, which are great, but it's not a daily topic. And what I've realized is that though those who are listening right now who are still listening to the show, you're probably obviously into this because I talk about it so much. If you weren't into it, you probably would flow on to something else. But I also know there's a huge audience of people beyond just us who want to also or really could benefit from understanding the law of attraction. So basically, this LOA Q&A concept is designed literally to make LOA less weird. I know we, as we're listening, you're still in this, even if you don't like Abraham or you probably do, that takes a while to get used to. Hearing from a channeled source through a woman that's meditating, what? It's so strange. But that doesn't mean that law of attraction is itself a strange thing. Yes, people have associations with the secret and many of them don't like the law of attraction because they've known it through the secret, which we always try to get over. But then Abraham's like a whole nother hurdle of channeled sources. So I I want to help make law of attraction less weird by bringing it more to the mainstream and explaining it from a non-channeled perspective, a real life perspective, and not just from my own perspective, also from other guests. So I'm excited to start asking back guests from seasons one, two, three, and four of The Lively Show and new people as well to talk about how they have either been deliberately designing their lives with the law of attraction or non-deliberately, but still using it to design their lives. And if they haven't been using it yet, we're gonna talk about how they can start using it deliberately 
Or if they haven't been using it, we'll talk about why it's been harder than it needs to. So it's going to be a really fun way to add conversations to this whole focus on law of attraction. And let's say you are someone like me that's a super nerd or an Abrahamster, as I call it, and you are super into Abraham. I also know that as someone who loves hours and hours of Abraham, sometimes it's nice to add the same content to our vibrational mix, but from a different source. So this will also be for those that are super into this stuff, just another avenue, another way to keep giving your vibration or giving your mind the chance to feed on this material from a new direction, a new perspective, and a new angle. So I'm super excited to be doing it with guests, but for now, I'm going to kick this off by doing it myself and answering your Q&As that you actually have had here on Instagram. So as you guys know, I don't tend to use Facebook, Twitter, or Snapchat very often, but I am on Instagram very regularly, and I just did a little Insta story asking people for questions. So I'm literally going to go into my uh, DMs and see what people have shared and answer live off the top of my head. So this will be fun because I know for me, like when my leak or Lewis or any of these other podcasters do these more informal and off the cuff answers, you kind of get more of their personality. You get the things that they first think about rather than a super planned topic or a super planned answer. So that's what I'm planning to do here with you. I hope you enjoy. Let's get started. All right. So we're starting with design case. He says, question, how do we get more women to make the first move? Oh, this is interesting. Okay, so as you obviously know, I haven't even read these yet too. So this sounds like it's gonna be a dating question. Or pursue men they met instead of waiting. These dating apps are killing my girlfriends. I'm married, so I'm not going through this myself, but so many of my single friends never go for it because they wanna be pursued by the guy, but apps make it so easy for guys not to follow up. And when it gets hard, they just jump back on the app. Oh, I'm stressed for my friends. Not quite on topic, but still a total issue. Oh, this is so interesting. So let's go back. This is not technically a LOA Q&A, or maybe it is. Let's see if we can make it an LOA Q&A question. How do we get more women to make the first move or pursue men instead of waiting? All right. So the dating apps, well, it depends on what dating app they're using. Obviously, for those that are familiar with the really popular apps, uh, Bumble and Tinder, those are probably the biggest dating apps that I'm aware of, at least around the world. And when it comes to Tinder, either person that matches and says, and by matching, I mean they they saw someone's profile, they liked it, they said they'd be willing to connect with that person. If two people do that, then a conversation can start from either the male or the female in that case. If it's a obviously a cisgender situation, I'm not sure how it works in same gender. Well, actually on Tinder, same gender would be the same. Either person can make the first move. I'm not sure how on Bumble the same gender matches work, but in Bumble, for cisgender connections, the female has to make the first conversation, where on Tinder, the men can speak first. So in Bumble, these women have to actually make the first move. In Tinder, they don't. I can't say what these girlfriends could do. It would be more fun to actually do a conversation or a little coaching session with one of them to actually get into their heads and see what's going on. But when it comes to Bumble, you have to. So there's really no choice. They've just got to put something out there. I really like Matthew Hussey's recent video he did. As you guys know, Matthew Hussey's been on the show. He's an amazing dating expert who I really love for advice for women. And he said, women can be more generous in their minutes and more discerning in their hours. So he said, instead of focusing on someone that you've known that isn't really going somewhere or it's not really going very well, but to stay hooked up on that or going on dates with just one person, he says, spend more time meeting many different people, especially if you're on the app. Swipe yes and have 
many conversations, start many conversations at least, and see where they go. And that way you can figure out if there's actual chemistry rather than just picking one and then going on an actual live date with them. He suggests starting many conversations. Many of them will fizzle out, so you'll kind of be able to weed people that way. But the ones that do seem interesting, have a phone call with them before actually meeting. And in that phone call, you'll be able to get a better gauge of whether this person's worth going on hours of a date. So that's his suggestion. I think these friends, if they're on Bumble, they have to make the first move. So there's really no question there. They just need to. On Tinder, I have found that at least in my own dating experience if the man on a tinder app when bumble's not really the app people are using in that area of the world they tend to have more interest if they're the ones reaching out first i can't tell your friends what to do but i do know that i have found overall it's far more likely to be a connection if the male has reached out first so I know you're married and I know that you want them to be helped, but I would really focus on these women's alignment. I'd focus on their vibration and I'd focus on when they're on the dating apps being in a really highly aligned state. Because I can also tell you from my own experience, the quality of the matches that you make are often energetically connected to where you are at the time that you're swiping or you're connecting with them. So I would say make sure that your life is really going well and you're really aligned before you get on the app. Don't go on the app when you're bored or lonely because those are the times when you're out of alignment and you're going to attract matches that may seem good at the time, but once you actually match or don't match or have the conversation or it never really goes anywhere, those are likely the times when they're not going to actually take off. So when you're in a good place, you're more likely to have a good outcome. It's a really long answer to that question, but hopefully it helps. Now let's move on. We have Super Giraffe. What a cool Instagram name. You said, what's the difference between law of attraction and thinking positive thoughts about what you want in life and that isn't there yet, but you have the satisfaction feeling of what it would be like? And what if what you want is improving a relationship or marriage? Since that requires two people, how can you influence that? Okay, so the difference between law of attraction and thinking positive thoughts about what you want in life that isn't there yet, but you have the satisfaction feeling. There's literally no difference, but let me explain law of attraction. So law of attraction, think of this like gravity, okay? Gravity is not judging whether I deserve to stay on the ground any more than you deserve to stay on the ground, dear listener, who's got these headphones in or listening to this on the speakers. Gravity is not judging me more or less worthy than you about gravity. Gravity is just being gravity, okay? So law of attraction has nothing inherently to do with positivity, okay? It has nothing to do with it now that I say that because does gravity have anything to do with positivity? Well, I am really grateful right now that gravity is a positive in my life because right now I want to stay rooted to this ground. So I'm sitting in my closet and I do not want to be floating away. I wouldn't be able to look at my phone or I wouldn't be able to look at my laptop because everything would be floating. So right now gravity is positive in my life. But if I was falling from a 32-story building, I could say that gravity is being negative in my life because I'm falling and I don't want to fall at the speed that gravity creates the speed of falling. So I don't want to splat on the ground because of gravity. Now gravity is not positive because I want to be on the ground now and negative because I'm in the air. Gravity is not thinking I'm more worthy of being alive right now because I'm sitting on the ground. And it's not thinking I'm less worthy or deserving of being alive when I'm falling. Gravity is just doing what it does. Okay? So law of attraction means that like attracts like. So things that are like unto themselves are drawn. 
So when we talked about the dating example, someone feeling thirsty or lonely is likely to create a situation where they will continue to feel thirsty or lonely. Or if a connection's made, that connection, once actually lived and played out, will likely lead them to feeling thirsty and lonely because that's what they're a match to. So law of attraction is just matching you with your vibrational state and your personal reality, okay? So when we say you create your reality through law of attraction, we're not saying you're creating the whole game of the planet. We're saying you're gonna create your reality in this game of reality. So you're creating your own experience, choices, actions, opportunities, situations, and feelings. That's in your control. The entire planet is not in your control or other people's experiences are not in control of you. They're in control of their own layer of their reality. But law of attraction, when you use it, most of us want to be happy, right? Most of us want to have things that we want. Most of us want positive things and we label things we want positive. So when you say what's the difference between law of attraction and thinking positive thoughts, the positive thoughts are really just deciding that I want to attract positive things using law of attraction. Does that make sense? So law of attraction is just like gravity. It's not judging anyone worthy or deserving. There's no man in the sky looking at your chart and how good you were and how much you deserve whatever you're attracting. It's not decided by anyone but your own consciousness. And when I say that, I am saying exactly what you said in this question, Super Giraffe, who said, thinking positive thoughts about what you want, even if it's not there yet, so you don't have to have it yet, But you do have, at that moment, the satisfaction feeling of what it'd be like. So I will say that the 90s or the early 2000s, the reason everybody threw out law of attraction after they watched The Secret is because most people did not understand it well. They thought, okay, if I think a positive thought, if I say I like myself or I love myself, then I will attract something Good, but if your vibration, your emotional state of being, if it is not at the level of self-love, it's not going to attract at that same frequency circumstances that reflect that. So it is about our emotional state. And I will tell you, having taught flow with intention in hundreds of people, what I hear so often in module one is that people say they thought they were a generally happy person their whole lives. For the most part, they thought they were happy. And then they get into the state of alignment that we teach in the class. And they realize only once they've had a contrasting experience that's different than their normal way of feeling in the world, they realize how little they understood about their actual emotions because they didn't have the real alignment that they then tapped into through the class and through applying what we talk about in their own lives. So they realized, whoa, I always thought I was happy, but now I realize I was never that happy compared to what I'm feeling now. So I would agree with what Abraham often says when people talk about illness and they say, I didn't think I was feeling upset or I didn't feel like I was out of alignment and I have this illness. How is that possible? Well, Abraham says most people in the planet right now, I think it's changing and growing really rapidly now in the last few years, but I'd say overall, people have not been very aware of emotional selection or their variety of emotions, so they haven't actually been aware of the fact that they're actually feeling as 
out of alignment or with as much subtle static. Think of it as subtle static in their emotional frequency as they actually have been. So it's more about a lack of awareness of what their actual emotional state is than the fact that they are actually feeling what they think they're feeling. So That is the big difference. (laughs) This is a really long answer. But again, I think this is important to describe. Law of attraction is just like gravity. It's just bringing things that are likened to themselves, but it's not using your words. It's not using your thoughts. It's attracting your vibration. And when it comes to vibration, that might seem like, especially for new people, vibration, Jess, what the hell? What are you talking about? Well, emotions are energy in motion. Okay, so your thoughts are just electrical charges. That's cool. That's got some energy to it. But the magnetic charge of your heart is activated once the thought has created a neural peptide. The neural peptides are the emotional chemicals that are created. So if you think about, let's look at me and the huntsman spider last year in Sydney. I had a spider on the wall. It was about the size of my hand and it looks like a tarantula horrifying, especially as an American who's never seen anything like that. So I had this in my apartment and the thought I had is that this is terrifying and humongous and I didn't even know a spider like that could exist outside of a zoo. Welcome to Australia, Jess. But when I had that thought, I had neural peptides probably of cortisol and other really scary fight or flight. Adrenaline was probably going in there my adrenals are probably humping. This is literally like when they talk about the saber-toothed tiger emotions, totally happening in my body. So my heart was beating faster, okay? So what is going to be attracting in that moment that I'm feeling those feelings? There is a lot of movement. There's actual motion. My body is physically feeling a physical new state. So the thought itself, if it's a pretty boring thought, it's not going to move much of the vibration. But if you have a very emotionally charged thought that creates a lot of neural peptides that get released into your physical body and activate your cells, your body literally is emanating at a different frequency, at a different energy. And if you had an electromagnetic sensor, you can actually sense the shifts in people's magnetic fields based on their emotions. So if you already have that, in terms of attracting positive things, there's nothing very different about it. That's exactly what you want. You don't have to think about law of attraction. If you're thinking positive things and they're creating positive feelings in your body, done. You don't actually have to have the thing yet. The whole reason you want the thing, the car, the partner, the better relationship, the more money is for the feeling anyway. So if you can feel that feeling and get those cells activated, things that are matching that will be attracting into your life. And even your reticular activating system, which is in your brainstem, will also be looking out for things that match what you're feeling because your brain likes to validate why it's feeling the thing it is. It likes to be logical. It likes to say, I'm feeling this way and this is why. It likes to list out the reasons and it will keep sorting out of the 400 billion pieces of information your brain is processing or taking in at every second, every second, 400 billion pieces, you're only capturing in your conscious awareness 2,000. Okay, we've already talked about this in old episodes, but what 2,000 are you paying attention to? Your reticular activating system is going to help you sort for the ones that validate the feelings you have. So if you're already feeling positive, you're going to at least be only noticing the things that match that, or you're only going to be vibrating along with them. So yes, you might notice that 
you got a spill on your shirt, but if you're so happy in an alignment and your body's already pumping with joy, that might not bother you or trigger you very much. But if you're in a low state, that could totally bother you. So anyways, in terms of what it is to do this with improving a relationship, Abraham would say that you being in alignment is more powerful than millions being out of alignment. So get into your alignment and also stop expecting this other partner to make your alignment happy. Yes, it's nice when you can shower praise and alignment and appreciation on your partner or be really happy for all the things they're doing, but it's up to you to find your own alignment within yourself and within what you focus on. So the first thing that they always do is say, stop looking for the other person to change. Change by finding your own alignment first and watch what happens in your reality. One of two things is gonna happen. Either they're gonna match that or it's not gonna bother you or they're gonna flow out of your experience. Actually, there's three options. They'll either match your frequency if they can get near it or you won't be able to be swayed by their out of alignmentness. You'll just stay in yours and they'll be in their lane or their flow out. If it's a long-term mismatch, it probably will. That's not a bad thing if you look at this from a vibrational standpoint. There are many people you can think of that have relationships that are really, really deeply unpositive and not actually helping anyone. And people say in it because they're just in a law of attraction. They're just bonded to each other energetically and they refuse to take the steps into the unknown that would lead to a different outcome. But you finding your own alignment in any of those situations is going to be the best thing because the action that you need to take will be clear from that aligned state. So I'd say stop thinking about the other person, focus on your own alignment, stay in it, stay in it, stay in it. And when you can't deal with them, walk away, get into your alignment and then come back in. That would be my suggestion there. Okay, so now. That obviously is not going to go with a lot of people's way of consciousness or their beliefs around relationships because of our society's history and thinking and stuff. But that's the law of attraction, at least in my answer to this, not even just necessarily my personal one, but just looking at the physics of it and how vibrations work. So now we have a thrifty miss who said, yes, I'm curious. Is there anything you think cannot be accomplished by harnessing the power of law of attraction? And do you think enlightened people essentially are those who have harnessed the power? Thank you for contributing in our lives in such a powerful way, Jackie. All right, great question. So do we think there's anything that cannot be accomplished? I think everything's accomplished with law of attraction. It's like saying, can you do things without gravity? Well, you can do things without gravity. You have to just adjust to the gravity that is in outer space. If you're in outer space and you have to adjust to the gravity that's on the earth when you're on the earth or any other planet and what gravity or lack of it you have, you have to adjust to the conditions. But since law of attraction, even from all of the channeled sources you'll ever hear is spoken about. Any channel source I have found has always spoken about the law of attraction as a universal force. So I would say that there's probably nothing that cannot be accomplished with it. I think that you can move upstream, though. So I do think that you can be in a bad mood and take massive action and you can get results like you can be really deeply unhappy. Okay, I'm going to find a really extreme example. You can be like in the 1700s and be a slave and be forced to work and do manual labor. You could feel terrible every day that you do that labor, right? And you can still have strong muscles, right? Because you're taking action. Even though your body's not in alignment with the action you're taking because you're forced to in this situation, you can still have a strong body because of it right? So you can still take actions and get results. Now, what the person's quality of life is like, what circumstances they're attracting from that negative emotional state, and what their body's health is 
with that negative emotion coursing through it, probably not very positive. And I would say that you could, on the flip side, focus from an aligned state and be far stronger and get those strong muscles with much less effort. So yes, I do think, and that's obviously an extreme here that I'm talking about, but I wanted to find an example of a really negative emotional state. You can take action, you'll still get results. Yes, but as far as law of attraction, it's far more powerful to leverage it from a positive state of being. And as far as enlightened people who are essentially those who've harnessed the power, yes, I think that people that are enlightened more than they're probably thinking of law of attraction. What they've probably found is they've found alignment within their conditions, whether they like them or not, or whatever the conditions are, they have found a way of finding alignment in almost all moments in time. Does that make sense? So they're finding alignment with something positive to focus on almost all the time. So they're feeling a positive state of being at almost all times, no matter what's going on in their actual life circumstances, which just means that they found the ability to focus on things that are positive emotionally and in their thought life at a level that most people haven't. I think it's really summarized that simply because when you're able to focus on things that are peaceful and positive in almost all situations, you have that alignment, you have that good feeling flowing through you, and you're no longer dictated by did the traffic light go today or did my son start crying or whatever these other things that can get us off into the weeds and can get us off kilter. Those people have just developed the ability to focus and stay maintainingly connected to a positive emotional state even as their circumstances go up and down. Okay, now let's move on. Vanessa E. Chase said, here's my question. What are several tools or ideas for moving from learning to integration? I have been on a super transformative law of attraction journey over these last few months, and I'm feeling the call to move into more implementation and practice. But sometimes I'm not sure where to start since I've been absorbing so much. Thanks for sharing your journey and path. Oh, this is a great question, Vanessa. And if your intuition's calling you to join Flow with Intention, I think you would love the community and you'd love the modules because two, three, and four are all exactly about this. So I think you would love to go deeper if your intuition is calling you to. But in other ways to do this, a very simple thing, and this is something Abraham talks a lot about, is finding the next inspired action. So their recommendation is when you wake up to meditate and calm your mind. So you get the ego voice, you get that whole drama of focus on things you don't like out of the way. You quiet the mind, which just helps you slow down your brainwaves down to the alpha brainwave state, the very meditative state. And in that subconsciously accessed place, your intuition, your inner being, your guide, your soul, whatever you want to call the information and sources of peace and inspiration that you get, whatever you want to call it, your muse, you name it, whatever it is, can flow inspiration to you from that place. So they would ask you to calm your mind and then see what comes up as something that seems like a good idea, like, oh, I want to go do that. Now, I've been practicing this like an Abrahamster crazy person for two years now. So I have found that I am really clearly guided to the next thing I want to do in most situations. And I just flow with the inspiration to transition between tasks from that little, oh, I want to go do that. Like today, I forget how I got on, well, I just probably was on Instagram or I got, I know what it was. I got my sofa and then I shared that on Instagram. So I was popping on here and there to check that out and see what other people were replying and stuff like that. And then I saw the Instagram feed of someone 
who I follow, Rockin' Well, I think her name is. She's a crystal shop in Sydney. It's beautiful. She, on her Instagram story, shared about the Madam Dry crystal waters. And so then I went over and looked at that and I got super excited about that. And then I found the tea thing and I got super excited about that. And then I was like, wait, I want to buy rose petals and put them on my lattes like I did in London. They always had rose petals on my lattes in London. So then I Googled and found a store that sold dried rose petals I can put on my teas and coffees and salads here in Sydney. And so I did all this stuff and I got so happy. My alignment just got higher and higher and higher. And then I was at this really amazingly emotionally charged place. And I was like, okay, now it seems like a really fun idea to go on the show. Now, in the beginning of the day, I knew I was going to do the show today. At some point, I was going to reach a level of alignment where I would do the show. But I didn't know how I would get to that level of alignment. Normally, I like reading. Normally, I like studying and writing stuff down. Lately, there's been less of that and there's been more of an integration into things for the place and the house or apartment, whatever you want to call it, or let's see, meditation or just other things, ideas I have for new things that are really big in the works here at Team Lively. So those things or those conversations or other fun things will get me jazzed. But whatever it is, is what it is. So you can find what feels the most exciting or aligning for you. Keep following that flow until it leads to now I want to go do X, which might be something on your to-do list. Or that to-do list item might be the thing that you feel inspired to do. So that is, let me go back to your question. What I would say in terms of implementation is actually looking for those little soft moments of, oh, I want to go do that and start doing them and see what happens next. Now let's move on. We have Rachel Photos who said, how to deal with people you come across who don't get what you're doing with the whole flow thing and ask a million negative questions or make assumptions. How not to get caught up in that negative energy. Interesting. I would say that I wonder if you have a part of your own vibration that is aware and focused to some level on the fact that people have these questions and doubts because they're in your life right now. For example, I don't get these questions and I don't have this belief. So I have people that are super excited about this and want to ask positive questions and don't question it. So because it's not in my vibration to be attracting that, I don't. Now, what I also do, and I don't know how you're handling this, so let me just share what I also do. Let's say I'm in an Uber. It's a really great example because it's who knows whoever I'm going to get matched with, right? I love Uber because I think it's such an amazing law of attraction moment, who you get and how that ride goes and the traffic you have and the person and the conversation that follows to me is such an alignment thing. Your energy is going to be such a clear indication of what's happening there. And if the person doesn't seem interested in learning about why I'm traveling or why I've moved here or what I do, I don't go into it. So I only go as deep as I think people will want to hear. And if they fack off or if they're not interested, I don't keep talking. So I would really read your crowd. And if someone isn't interested, don't bring it up. Don't talk about it. Don't 
push it in their throat. If they don't like broccoli, don't make them eat broccoli, kind of, if that makes sense. If they do like broccoli, talk about it the entire Uber ride and inspire them and like leave them listening to your show afterwards, right? Sometimes that happens with my drives, but I don't assume that that has to be a successful Uber ride. To me, a successful Uber ride is everyone's enjoying the moment, but enjoying the moment might be me on my phone and them just driving, or enjoying the moment might be us talking about simple things that are going on in their life, or it might be about quantum mechanics and law of attraction. I figure out what will be the positive between us both, and then I flow to that. So that's probably why I'm not getting negative millions of questions or questioning of the flow. If they don't seem open to it, I don't bring it up, or I'm very, very general if I do. You know, they'll say, oh, well, you can travel the world, you can live anywhere, and you can, you know, be here now, and you travel for two years. Like, that's really lucky. And I can just, if I can tell that they're not into it, I'll just say, yeah, it's really something I appreciate. And I find that the happier I am, the better things go. And I leave it at that. I don't go into the law of attraction. I don't explain it to them unless they ask more. So that would be my suggestion is finding ways to change the conversation if they're not interested. Like most likely people don't wanna badger you if you're not bringing it up a lot. So if they don't wanna talk about it, just change the channel basically, change the subject and get out of it. Or if they are badgering you, I'd still find a way to change the subject if they're gonna be negative about it rather than focus on how they're so caught up in it. Okay, so now we've got Kylene Elise who said, I'm so on board with LOA when things feel good and are flowing, but I find it's challenging when things go sideways. I'm married and pregnant and have a one and a half year old. So there are times when I can feel my high vibes slipping. Would love your thoughts on sickness, perceived challenges, etc. Thanks, lady. Love what you're putting out. Okay, so there are several stages to the law of attraction. There's really just two things that happen, but I'll go through this step slowly. This is all from Abraham, but I'll go through it slowly. Step one is you notice contrast. So when you are out of alignment and you're noticing your one and a half year olds having a meltdown or you're feeling really low energy because of your pregnancy, for example, here with Kylene, those are moments of contrast. And when you have those moments, you know immediately, consciously or subconsciously, or sometimes both, what you do want, which is more energy from the pregnancy or a really appeased child. So in those moments, you do know what the outcomes you're looking for are. And the idea is that you have to be a vibrational match for them in order for them to manifest in your actual life. So the minute you know what you don't want, you know what you do want. Even if you don't even know what you do want, consciously, subconsciously, it's already figured out by your inner being. And then step two is not our business. That's law of attraction's job. It's gonna match us to what we do want. Now, the thing about our work isn't step one. We don't even need to figure out what we do or don't want. Our experience is automatically deciding that for us. Like, not that the experience is deciding it, but our own subconscious and consciousness is deciding what we want, right? You're at the buffet, you decide what you wanna eat, what you don't wanna eat, it's decided. So our only work in this whole thing is just staying in the frequency of what we want before it shows up in our life. That's it before it shows up in our life. So when you fall out, that means you're noticing something you want that's new and not here yet. That's growth, that's expansion, that's literally the universe is expanding. We're a particle of that universe, of course, as a particle of an expanding thing, we too would have to be expanding. So that contrast is good because it makes us grow. But after we've noticed it, the whole trick 
of law of attraction in terms of us using it is going, oh, I want this other thing. And in order to get it, I want to feel that way now. This is so hard for us. This is reversing the evidence of the senses. This is something I burned into my brain last year. We must reverse the evidence of the senses. From our childhood, we are taught that when it's our birthday, we are happy. When it's Christmas, it's the best day of the year. When it is payday, it's better than the not payday. Fridays are better than Mondays. We are taught all of these circumstantial emotional reactions. We are taught to be happy when we get the present, and we're taught to be excited and thirsty for the present to come. We're taught to look forward to the birthday party because we're going to get our presents then and we get them, then we're allowed to be happy. Not that we're allowed. No one's ever saying don't be happy now. But there's so much pressure and focus on positive emotional states once certain physical sensations like ice cream or clothes or shopping or partners or money come into our lives. And that has created a very conditional way of living. Reversing the evidence of the senses means I'm going to feel happy before any of that happens. And as a result of that, I'm going to actually create a emotional state that matches those other positive things and they will come into my life. I just don't know how yet they will come into my life. And I don't even need to know how they're going to come into my life. They'll come into my life often in ways that surprise me. I just know it's my job to focus on the feelings first. So That is the game. And when you have the first step, I would say, is like flow with intention, conditional alignment. Focus on things in your environment that you do like. This is the easiest place to start. If you're annoyed at the one and a half year old having the meltdown, focus, put on your favorite song. So at least while they're crying, you're also hearing your favorite song at the same time. (laughs) Like do other things, light a candle. They're gonna have the breakdown. Find other things you can do in that moment or can appreciate in that moment that you can put your focus on. This is going to be hard at first. This is going against everything we've been taught for all of the decades of our lives that are listening. But we can change this. We can do this. And in the future, this is just, you know, we're just a really transitional point in time. But as we learn this and we teach this to our kids, they're going to get this so much faster, sooner, and stronger. They're going to get it while they're still in their downloading subconscious states as children. We are unprogramming ourselves. They will be programmed with this in the future. They're going to know how to do this so much better than we are. So we have to give ourselves a lot of slack on recognizing we're the transition crew going from the old way to the new way. And because of that, it's harder for us, but it will get easier, for example, for your one and a half year old when you show and teach this in yourself to them. And more importantly, even when they learn it, how they teach it to their kids because they don't even have to overcome it, even smoother. The world is getting better. I know there's a lot of news that would tell you otherwise, but I believe in our consciousness of our species. I believe in the transition that's happening right now. And thinking a few generations ahead, I am super excited for those beings simply because we are learning to do this better and we're a part of that change. So focus on the things that you can do and distract yourself from the things you can't change. Now let's move on. Nutritional Tree has some questions. What is one easy thought or act I can do daily to remind myself of flow and law of attraction? I'm tired of living the way I'm living inside myself. 
I am so much more, I know it, but can't seem to grasp it. Ooh, this is great. And this is a topic I've actually wanted to talk about. In one of my Billions of Hours of Abraham, they said in one of the videos, I can't remember which one, they summarized it and I'm gonna summarize it even further. I'm gonna boil it down to three words, nutritional tree. You're trying to change how you feel inside. There are three actions you can take. Number one is sleep. Number two is meditate. And number three is appreciate. I'm gonna explain them right now. This is actually a great way to end this episode. Obviously, I went very deep into these questions. We can do more of these LOA Q&As like this. If you guys like this, let me know on Instagram and I'll do more of them because I have many, many more questions I haven't even gotten to on my Instagram from here. But also we can do another call out for additional questions. But let's end on sleep, meditate, appreciate. Okay, so if everything is vibration, and basically first our vibrations are thoughts, which are pretty weak in terms of their attracting power, but they are strong enough to send out the signals to make neural peptides. The neural peptides are those chemicals, the chemicals of our emotions that then go into our cells and activate our cells. And once they're activated in ourselves, they're actually vibrating our body and actively powering our body, our blood rate, our heart rate, our heart rate variability, our adrenals, all the systems are activated by these chemical neural transmitters. So the way to change that frequency, there's three ways. One way, the simplest way, is to take a nap. Because what you're trying to do, let's look at this from a brainwaves perspective. I know I haven't gone very deep in this. I'll do a quick overview. All of this really, in a vibration sense, Vibrations are waves, right? They're up and down little lines. Think of like a squiggly line going up and down, up and down, up and down in your head, all right? Now your brain waves are just like that if you look at them on a EEG or EKG, whatever the one is, the brain scans, all right? So you can see the scans of the brain activity. Now the cycles per second that your brain is in vary depending on what state your brain is in. So you're listening in a beta state right now, which is 14 to 28 cycles per second. The cycle numbers don't matter, so I'll just drop those. I could get into them, but that's gonna confuse you guys more. So there's beta, we're talking in beta. When you get really anxious or stressed out because you're late for work or your boss is being really unreasonable or you have a spider in your apartment like I did, that goes into high beta. That's the anxious state. Your brain cycles really, really fast. Now the converse, if you go lower than beta, you get into alpha. Alpha is where the line between the consciousness and subconscious is. So we're in conscious mode. That's beta and high beta is also conscious mode. We're talking in it. We're thinking in it. We're aware of it. That's 5% of our mind is this beta level that we're in 99% of our waking hours. But if you slow the brain down below those 14 cycles per second, you get into the subconscious, which is 95% of our mind. Now at that state in alpha, which people often get into through meditation, which we'll get to in a second, you calm those brain waves and you calm and you access the subconscious, which is controlling 95% of the mind and all the systems in your body and have actually all the deepest programming of beliefs, fears, and ways of viewing the world that are actually in our experience. It's in the subconscious. If you go deeper than alpha, slow the brain down even more than alpha, you get to theta, which is that loopy kind of lucid dreaming state just before sleep and then delta is sleep. Okay, so when you sleep, if you're feeling pretty crappy during the day, 
you're probably in high beta, right? That 28 to I think it's 40 cycles a second, you're in this really high stressed out state, you're high stress, okay? Your brain is going super fast. Just think of it as super fast. It's it's whirling out of control in a negative direction. So law of attraction then finds the neural peptides that are vibrating in your cells based on that stressed out place and bring you stressful situations to match. But if you slow it down to delta, you go all the way down to zero to two cycles a second, that delta state, oh, you calm the brain down. You give it a rest. You change your vibration. Literally, the cycles of your brain change. They slow down and you break the cycle, okay? So sleep is really powerful, but it's not the only way. It is a powerful way, but it's not the only way. So one thing you could do is take a nap or wait till tomorrow and you'll wake up with a fresh start. The other way you can do it is meditation. So that's the other thing. Now, meditation is a more powerful way to do this because you're still awake when you're asleep. And honestly, though, this is not to say anything against taking a nap. I will happily take a nap if I think that's the best thing that will actually get me out of my state or funk. There's literally, if I have the ability in the time and circumstances to do it, I'll do it if I feel like that's the path of least resistance. But the other way you can do this, and this is a more powerful way to do it, is to meditate. Now, it will be more difficult if you're in a high stressed out state to meditate. Sleeping might be the path of least resistance, but let's say you can't sleep or the circumstances don't allow it. You have a screaming child on the plane next to you or nearby, right? And the sleeping thing for whatever reason isn't working or whatever the situation, maybe you're on the bus and you can't sleep because the baby's screaming. You can meditate. Calm the mind. And in that, again, you're cycling the brain down from high beta down through beta, which we're talking in right now, into alpha. You're slowing the vibration and your access to all of the goodness, all of the good feelings you want is in the low beta, very relaxed beta, or the alpha theta state. Delta's great too, but you're sleeping, so you're not really aware of that. Very few, but they are happening now. We'll get into delta or gamma, which I haven't even mentioned now because it's really more of a meditation conversation to get into what gamma is, but it's a super, super high speed, which is to me the most exciting cutting edge part of all of this, but is the least known too. So I'm not going to get into gamma right now, but I'll just say that your real sweet spot in your life, and it feels so good, is when you go from high beta down to alpha and you chill the brain out, you're smoothing out literally your vibration. And by that, I mean your brain waves. Your brain waves, if you look at them, look like gyrations of the brain wave. So you're slowing it down. And the next thing you can do besides meditation is appreciation. Now your brain, you already want to be in a positive state of mind before going to appreciation. So the first two methods, sleep and meditation, are slowing down the stress response, okay? Once the stress response is slowed down and you're no longer in the high beta state, then, and then, And then it's a good idea if you want to turn on the gas, okay? The other two are slowing things down from negative to neutral. If you want to speed things up once you're in a neutral or positive place, the way to cycle up positively 
is to appreciate, to get into a state of appreciation and love. Those cycles in your body are incredibly powerful and positive. They release the neural peptides of all the goodness that we want, the oxytocin, the serotonin, all the good stuff's coming out when we're in appreciation. That also means that our hearts and our brains are often in coherence, which means they're in rhythm together. They're beating as one in the ways that they beat together. Brain doesn't beat with a heart, but it has connection. And when it's in sync with the heart, it's incredibly, incredibly powerful. That's the alignment we're seeking. But if we're in stress, it's very hard to start appreciating when you're stressed out, right? It's just like when someone tells you to be calm when you're stressed, you do not wanna hear the word be calm because you're so out of the frequency of that. You're so not at alpha. You just wanna yell at them because you're like, Of course I want that, but can you see what I'm dealing with, right? Because our brain wants to validate why it feels the way it feels. So it does by lashing out. And then it creates the other person's defensiveness and law of attraction ensues and you have a fight, right? That's how law of attraction plus neural peptides works. But when you can slow it down, then you can speed it up from its neutralized place or positive place with appreciation. So those are the three things I would recommend you start with when it comes to changing your insights. Sleep, meditate, appreciate. Find out which one feels like the path of least resistance for you in that moment and go from there. And there you have it, guys. This was so much fun. I study this stuff so much. It's so effortless, if that makes sense. It's so fun because it's what I've been consuming all day, every day for so long. To be able to share this with you guys and hopefully give you guys more content on this from another source that's weaving it all together. And also, of course, I've been coming from many different sources of this, not just Abraham or just Joe Dispenza. So it's fun to be able to weave in like the neuroscience we just talked about along with the channeling and all this stuff. It's so much fun to see it all come together. So if you've enjoyed this, let me know on Instagram or in the comments or somewhere that you've liked it. And we can do more of these as we have the conversations with other guests on their points of their lives that they've done it or they want to do it better as well. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jesse, as in can't stop buying pink stuff lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash L-O-A-Q-A, and then the number one. So L-O-A-Q-A-1. Before I share what I'm up to next, I'd like to talk about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software for creatives and business owners that is so easy to use. They have apps for your phone and also for your desktop, so you can use this anywhere you are. You can invoice, you can check your expenses, you can see all of your documents, your bookkeeper can go in there. You can have other teammates able to see the parts that they need to see. You can track time if you have, let's say you're a graphic designer or you're an interior designer and you need different clients to have different billable hours. You can track them all using the app, just press the timer and then stop the timer and you're ready to go. documents everything that you've been doing throughout the things. It just make it so easy, guys. I just truly love it. It's so good. The way they've designed it is as simple as using Instagram, which is exactly what I wanted to find. So I've been using it for six years and I hope you try it too. You can get a free 30-day trial by going over to freshbooks.com slash lively. I hope you love it as much as I do. Now for what I'm up to next, let's see. Tomorrow, as you're listening, this is Thursday. So on Friday, my dining table and bedroom is coming. So that's exciting. I ordered the dining table the day that I got to Sydney a month ago, and it's finally arriving. And also the bedroom art, which will eventually go up. I'm really excited. And it's actually art by the same artist as the painting I have for my living room, which is coming next week on Wednesday. 
and I'm just really excited. And when I have it up, I will share more details on Instagram, show you guys what it looks like and all of that. But until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. Bye.